Hey there, folks. Before we get started, I want to make a quick, very special thanks to our Portal Maker patrons. Leona, Bill Ulrich, and Julie Ulrich. We couldn't do the show without supporters like you. Thank you. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Welcome to the Ages, Acolyte. We have so many portals, so many wondrous things to show you. But today, I think this one will be perfect. Welcome to the Aegis. These portals will take you to many worlds. Let's see where they lead today. My name is Ren. I'm Jessica. And I'm Joe. Welcome to the first episode of our discussion show for the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series podcast. Hey there. Howdy, howdy. Coming at you live and tired. Very tired. That's that's kind of the default state. It's late early. It is late early. I'm always tired. <laughs> <laughs> this is like your time to be alive, though, you... Starving artist. I'm not starving. It's true, you're actually not starving. You're a very <laughs> successful artist. Uh, well. You're probably, we'll probably be seeing some of your art around our actual plays, which we're doing right now, if you listen to the trail of the intruder already. Be hearing the sonorous sounds of your voice. Those are words that I know, and I'm not going to admit <laughs> to not knowing them. Very good. You don't know the word sound? I, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> sort of the sonorous. I was like, Haha, yes. So Context this, clues is sound related. <laughs> this first episode is going to be kind of an introductory show. We'll probably have more segments uh, in later episodes of the discussion show. But right now we're going to be kind of bare bones and we'll go over what we're going to usually be having on the show. Right now we just want to give you some basic context, what we're going to talk about, and teach you the basics of the adventure game engine. Yes. Uh, at this point in the show, uh, we'd probably have a, we'd tell folks what our poll results are. At this point, we haven't run any polls. Um, as we move into from the introductory episodes, we're going to be holding polls on our social media and on our patron page. We give special permissions to the patron folks so they get extra valuable votes. We'll be asking folks what they want to hear as our episode topics. Yeah, so, you know, if you... Uh... If you become a patron, you get to help direct where the show goes. Mm-hmm. Also, you get, you'll be, well, as soon as we can actually, we just got back from vacation. So, hopefully, we'll be able to get some of our extra content just for patrons out there. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something. We got some gold that needs to be released. Into the I'm ether. giving you gold, Lebo. By gold, we mean just some really, really gooberish outtakes, y'all. Oh, yes. 100%. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Oof. we're going to have a lot of those with the discussion shows. This is supposed to be serious business. <laughs> serious uh, business. We talk about rules here, and we talk about uh, truth. Do we? Let me lay on this next truth, is that the next section of our show would normally be to meet our fellow portal makers, which is going to be our D20 Radio shout-out. Uh, we'll mention other members of the D20 Radio Network, which is the collective of podcasters that we belong to. There's a lot of great talent out there, and we are going to use this space to recommend another show for you to check out. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, go check out d20radio.com because there's a lot of really cool shows. They got a really cool blog going. 
Yeah. Give them a look. Can confirm. They're all excellent. So you really can't go wrong. Just mm-hmm. hit up D20 Radio and you're good to go. You're going to have stuff to listen to for ages. Ages. Hey. hi Oh, so that's what it's like to be on the other side of a pun. Hurts. <laughs> it? Welcome to my, my domain. Oh, God. That's Ooh. right. I'm back, baby. Oh, no. Uh, the next section will be our Watch the Portals, which is our news. We'll cover the various news of the various age systems, which is a fair amount of stuff to cover. Uh, right now, there's a, a fair amount of stuff going on with Gen Con just having passed by a couple new releases happening. Oh, what a ride. But we're going to try, we're going to wait until later episodes to catch you up to speed, because there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, then we'll talk about messages from the Aether, which is going to be our question-answering section. We will take questions from you, which the Acolytes is what I'm tentatively calling mm-hmm. our listeners. Now, is this where we're going to be put? This is just our questions, right? This is just questions. Okay. We'll I may give part our portal maker wisdom or give our best hot takes on your questions. Oh, yeah. Those takes. Those spicy <laughs> takes spicy. of ours. Like, I think it should be called the stunt die. Beer, 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 beer. No, God, that spice will go great with milk. <laughs> Ooh, uh, if you have a question about the Adventure Game Engine, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, you can send a message to aegispodcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, or SoundCloud accounts. Or you can send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums. Or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 Radio forums. That's us. Some things haven't changed. They haven't. Uh, our next section would be Peek Through the Portals, which is our fan creation spotlight. There's a lot of cool stuff that folks have made for Age. We're going to have this section filled forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and y'all made some amazing stuff for Dragon Age in our previous iteration yeah. as the Wonders of Thetis. We'll definitely be continuing to host the stuff that we mm-hmm. already host. And we are super excited to see the stuff you make for other age uh, games and for more Dragon Age stuff. You know, yeah. our our Dragon Age Dragon fans are not leaving you behind. Yeah, I'm still running Dragon Age games. I got stuff to share. Oh yeah, no, I'm ready. So, uh, of course, any submissions that we get or decide to feature, uh, our, when we decide to feature our own stuff, you can find it on our resources for your game page on our blog, ageinterestseries.home.blog. Uh, uh, and if you'd like to share your custom content, you can send it through any of the channels that we just mentioned a second ago. Mm-hmm. Man, All right. getting to this point, this feels like it's taken a long time. How long do you feel like it's taken, Jessica? Ages. Ha! I said it first. (laughs) No, see, I wasn't even going to do it. I was going to deny the expectation, but you just made it jejun and boring. No, the subversion would have been you saying it, or the subversion you were originally going for, which was not saying it. Ergo, There was no subversion in me saying it, and there was none in you saying it. No, no, no. This is our main topic for today. This is what we do when we have a main topic. Welcome to today's lesson from the Nexus. Some of us make... (laughs) puns and some of us decide not to make puns but some of us ruin the avant-garde expression and you're supposed to do the improv rule one yes and that you was a good yes pun. and <laughs> yes and this was a good pun you wasted you ruined <laughs> ruined ruined so our topic for today is the adventure game engine which is pretty much going to be our topic forever but we're going to cover the super extra basics today 
we're going to give you a quick crash course. We're going to cover, let's see, uh, eventually we're going to be covering all age iterations to the best of our abilities. We are especially experienced with Dragon Age and Fantasy Age. I uh, am not with either. <laughs> but you'll be around to watch as Joe engages with the content. Little force, little force. Uh, you, you, slid that you slid that one in like a. It was mostly like low grade to, sandpaper, to low grade sandpaper, and it was just, rough and scratchy. It, it was. Did it cause it, you discomfort? Like a Snickers where it doesn't belong. Ew, but good. <laughs> We're gonna try and branch out to take a good look at all of the event, uh, the iterations of age, so we can bring them to you, dear acolytes. Uh, today we're gonna talk about the basic basics. Uh, the adventure game engine, or Age, is a sort of house system for the folks at Green Ronin, who uh, originally penned, this was originally penned by Chris Premus for the Dragon Age RPG back in 2010. Mm-hmm. It has grown by leaps and bounds in the past nine years, and now supports several worlds and themes. You can now play Age in, to, to name of just a few, Dragon Age, Fantasy Age, Blue Rose, Modern Age, Lazarus, The Expanse, and each of, a lot of those have their own iterations within. Uh, at its core, it's a straightforward and fun game that can bring any setting to life, all while welcoming new players to the hobby. Yes. New players like yours truly. Mm-hmm. Which was, a, it was an interesting jump to go from a D20 system to this particular, like, D6 system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it was, a, it was an adjustment the first time we picked up that Dragon Age box set. Yeah. It, it, it did kind of, though, the one thing, and I've, I've talked about this, I think, mm-hmm. before, is that the weird thing for me was suddenly my very expensive set of dice <laughs> no longer were va- valued because suddenly all you need is uh three d6s and mm-hmm. you can get that if you have like a game shelf that's collecting dust yeah i mean true story i guess in that way it's great for a gamer on a budget it's although true. that just means you're gonna end up let's face it with a bunch of shiny d6s in a bag like, you'll have a very large collection of d6s and as we uh as we learned at gen con there are some people who maybe play a lot of age who still definitely hoard large numbers of colorful, colorful dice. Well, incidentally, and apropos of nothing, hey, Leona, how's it going? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. It was great having you here for Gen Con. Well, as we all know, not all die are created equal. Mm-hmm. Because um, I know for a fact that at the beginning of every session of our uh, fantasy age game we play mm-hmm. i will pull out three uh three d6s and roll them and only keep the good ones oh obviously. because they're because there's some weird representation of oh, this man. one's good this one's bad but really they're all just really cheap die that i bought in bulk yeah, dice, <laughs> dice, dice superstition is not necessarily a, a feature of the age system it's a feature of role-playing games in general but go nuts anyway like why not but it it it, it converts perfectly to the age system let's let's yeah. let's be because clear on that they're all just sort microwave of them d6s of... don't microwave them d6s yeah uh, <laughs> punishment announcement don't do that there will probably be fumes i don't really know i haven't done it Oh, I was thinking more just like the dishonest system, but yeah, no, there's probably some like chemical issues. <laughs> you know too. that whole like, polyurethane and all that jazz. Deal. I, I suppose health is important. Yes. <laughs> so, as we've mentioned, you only need three d sixes. One of those dice needs to be easily distinguishable from the others. Yeah, that is crucial. Mm-hmm. You can use a different color. You can use a different design, uh, just so that when you roll all three at once, you know which one is which. Yeah. Uh, Can't pull the old. 
the one that happens to have the six is your yeah, is your stun special. This one's, this I got like three <laughs> blue dice and like oh this one's the stun die. Oh wow, it's crazy! It's always the one that comes up six. This particular die is called many things. Generally referred to it as the stunt die. Uh, Dragon Age calls it the dragon die. Uh, oh, Blue Rose calls it the drama die. Um, the Joe calls it the spicy die. Yeah, there we go. Uh, my you campaign... just decided to do that now. <laughs> well, no one else knew that. <laughs> yes, and Jessica. Yes, and. <laughs> My campaign calls it the spirit die, and your campaigns can call it something else if you like. And uh, you're going to hear Jessica accidentally call it the dragon die in the actual plays over and over yep. and over again until probably you know, the end of time. We got, we got used to it. I can't help it. I'm a try, but no promises. It also just sounds really good. Dragon die. Well, who wants a dragon to die? Oh. Ha! Now I've I'm ruined saying. it. Now I'm saying. Yeah! The stunt die is used for a lot of functions in the age system, so take special note of it. We'll be covering some of those special functions mm-hmm. later. And those of you who have been with us since Wonders of Thetis are probably going to know a lot of these things. Probably. But uh, this is sort of a refresher for people who are just jumping in. Mm-hmm. Like me. I'm I'm your, uh, your ears in the inside. Welcome. Eyes on the inside? I'm your... Really, none of these or I don't know. None of these are feeling. I'm good your supplicant. Supplicant? What's that word? Where you're someone else's something? Like uh, boy agent? Could you be a no. little vaguer? No, the thing where you're the thing of someone else. <laughs> okay, Mad Libs. No, no, I'm I'm we'll being figure. very clear. I'm, I'm just <laughs> not wording it right. Like like in my head, it's very clear. I'm saying it perfect. There was a horrible. Just there was a movie about it. The um, supplicants. No, supplicants <laughs> is someone who bows in prayer, like. Wolf, I'm sure we'll figure it out as we go, and you'll blurt it out. God, uh, yeah, no. It'll be the last word in the podcast. Uh, age is a very easily modded game. It uses small numbers and the bell curve of results for 3D6s to create a fairly stable experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a grain More of salt, of course. You can never trust dice to be stable. Uh, but when rolling 3d6s, the common, most common rolls, I believe, are 9, 10, 11, and 12. Mm-hmm. The farther you get from those those numbers, the less likely the result. Uh, it's just as difficult to roll three ones as it is to roll three sixes. One will happen more often than the other just because <sighs> life is superstitious. I mean... Uh, I don't want to talk about it. This, these, these kind of core tenets mean that the game can bend easily without breaking if people want to make their own content for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the various versions of Age are, pl- are plenty of evidence for this, uh, with the game being modded for genres like fantasy, romantic fantasy, dark fantasy, sci-fi, modern, and more. Uh, Blue Rose makes magic available to just about anyone who wants it and makes it really easy to use. Dragon Age has dangerous mechanics that can trigger PC death if the heroes are not careful. <laughs> I just love that it's like, here's this setting, it gives you a whole bunch of magic. This Dragon setting, Age it makes it easier you. to die. I mean... That's our Dragon Age. You really flub that spell, you're gonna let a demon in. That's you know, true. that's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, modern Age is classless, preferring to let heroes grow more organically based on their backgrounds and their drives. Uh, the Expanse lets you use your health as fortune your importance to the story, and your resilience to bad luck, like being shot. You can spend it to get better results on tests, but spending your fortune means you could run out of luck one day. Surrogate. <laughs> there we are. We did it. There you go. We've come back. thought you were going to say it at the end of the episode, but I'm glad we've arrived. 
the core mechanics remain the same. So anyone who has played an age game can easily jump into one uh, into another age game and start right away. You okay over here? Do we need a second? <laughs> I'm I'm great. That totally wasn't. I was I was silent because I was listening, not because I was looking up on my phone the synonyms to <laughs> words I knew. Yep. All right. I may have started with clone, and that didn't get me what I wanted. Uh, each iteration of Age is considered to be its own game, uh, so it's always a good idea to read through the individual rulebooks to learn what makes each one different uh, and what creative JMs can use in other Age games. Because it's very fun to take stuff from other Age games and hack it. That hm. is true. I would know. <clears throat> I've stolen much. <laughs> no, ho, ho, ho. Visit for Teoth once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stunts are a big important part of the age system. This is one of the coolest things about this system, I think, by far. Absolutely. Um, actually, go ahead on the description <laughs> of it. Then I'll, <laughs> sure. uh, then, then I'll give my spiel. Absolutely. All right. Because this is where we kind of like take the left turn from the normal D twenty role playing system that I really. This is... Then does something that I find unique and also really mm-hmm. interesting. Yes. While many games might place special significance in the lower or higher numbers of the dice, rolling a natural 1 or rolling a natural 20, age does things a little bit differently. Uh, when you're rolling your 3d6s, whenever you roll two of the same number on any of your dice, you generate what are called stunt points. If your test succeeds, you can spend these stunt points on extra feats of heroism in addition to what you are already doing. And this is particularly unique... In, or this is particularly special to this game, in my opinion, because it people have often been wanting to like this sort of idea that mechanics can often get in the way of doing cool things. <clears throat> and I feel like this is a great way to have mechanics be solid enough that they maintain a balance, but fluid enough that you can do some really like dramatic storytelling, ridiculous off the wall stuff. And it, I think that's just super important to being able to make an exciting narrative if that's what you're going for. And as some, like, the thing that I enjoy about these tabletop role-playing games that I've kind of rolled into over the years, being a kid who only grew up with the uh, three point, the 3.0 Dungeons & Dragons player manual. We'll let you get away with rolled into, but <clears throat> carry on. Oh, crap, that was a pun. But, um... <laughs> <clears throat> But um, the thing that I always liked was the story of it. Like, I always liked telling a story. And even a failure can be that function. That's kind of why I like the stunt system, where suddenly there's a little extra bit to it. Like, you may have hit them with a spell, but that spell somehow gained another, like, ability to it. Mm -hmm. Or you might have shocked them with this sudden burst of arcane magic. I play a a caster in the Fantasy Age game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because all I could think Um, of was the magic stuff. I think one of the, 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 the stunt system yeah. exemplifies one of the strengths of the age system is that it hits a very nice sort of median or medium, but I'd say it's a midway point between being a crunchy system and being a heavy narrative system. Mm-hmm. Because when you roll those stunt points, uh, the player or the GM essentially gets a bit of narrative control over the, over the story. They can spend those stunt points to say, my character, all of my character did all of these things. Uh, and some of those stunts let you alter like how a scene goes, uh, give yeah. your character a burst of insight, or knock someone to the ground. You know, that's always fun. Or bomb up, you know. Or bomb, bomb up, up, the best forever. one. Bomb the up best for one. life. <laughs> say something cool. <laughs> but, but that is actually kind of what's nice. Um, you kind of get that choice of both the smooth peanut butter of storytelling and narrative and... 
characterization versus the more crunchy peanut butter of numbers and you know, you're actually getting these like bigger numbers that you're not seeing so much in a 3D6 system. Mm-hmm. Like you get to see that you're doing tons of damage or you get to see this sudden boost to your numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and that yeah. and and much like a peanut butter sandwich when you put smooth and crunchy together, my narrative falls apart. It does. <laughs> my metaphor falls apart. You've overextended it. Yeah. You've added too much peanut butter. But I do agree with your point. <laughs> I think also the idea that you have so many different stunts to work with. Like, you have mechanical representations of fluff. And giving and having these mechanical representations and leaving them sort of open to GM discretion and to player creativity provides that sort of, I have a lot of mechanical choices, but I also still feel very much like I can do what I want to do. And on, like, piggybacking onto that i think the fact that we have role play and exploration stunts along with combat and that you don't necessarily have to stick to one of those things in any one situation obviously some you kind of have to but yeah like if you wanted to be if you're in combat and you want to you know stun silence or something Mm -hmm. your gm might have to determine what that means or you know you could sway the crowd as you know some of us have done already a couple of times in certain things Hmm. and try to get, you know, maybe to get a fight to stop. Like, it's... You can mishmash in your roleplay and your exploration and your combat through stunts, and I think that's incredible. It and also lets people who are more combat-heavy kind of, like, test the waters in the more conversation bits. Yes. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Um, I, I don't mean to point out this, but Klein isn't great in combat. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. But, oof. but in terms of dealing damage, however, Klein is so amazing for the fact that when Klein gets a stunt, suddenly you're healing, you're distracting, he you're, you're doing the stunts, and that's actually helping the whole team. And I, I like that. And the reverse of that as well, mm-hmm. Eunice can't talk to people. Somehow a giant sheep who is lightning-based doesn't, you know... Mm-hmm. This is why we're a dynamic duo. It's true. It is a very true fact. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't relate to people very well, surprisingly. Um, However, when you're doing your... When I roll Mm -hmm. a stunt die during a roleplay session, I can actually add something to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe something not as flashy as throwing a lightning bolt on the situation, but... (laughs) Maybe don't do that every time. Sometimes. Not every time. Just sometimes. sometimes. It's it's a special occasion. But it's it's (laughs) nice that everyone has that utility. Absolutely. And no one... That means that no one can feel that... Um, level of not getting to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think it it's just exactly that. Uh, every iteration of Age has some of its own stunts, so you should skim the various tables when you pick up a new Age game. Especially Modern Age. There's so many. <laughs> I haven't coming, seen all the Modern Age Coming from up. Dragon Age and Fantasy Age and opening up that Modern Age stunt uh, chapter is like, wowzers. I gotta do some homework. Most stunts wowzers. Like, the stunts I've seen are like three pages maybe, like but a like, whole chapter. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not like the every not like every page has them, but they they have like, they have combat stunts, they have grapple stunts, they have vehicle stunts, they have investigation stunts, they have so many. I mean, like the first chapter gives you like here are the really basics one. If you basics, if you'd like to start out, here's like maybe five investigation stunts. If you want to graduate to this, here's twenty of them. See, this might be a bad time to mention that also <laughs> because of the uh, modular nature of the age system, mm-hmm. you can make your own stunts as well. Yeah. That is a good possibility. I've seen, um, 
I don't really know. Were the religion stunts you, or were that was that part that of was like actually, a playtest? That was actually uh, an official product. Okay. That was actually a thing that they did. But boy, the divine were. stunts are cool, and yeah. that is where Klein got most of his usefulness out of from levels one to three. So you had, you were pretty. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not a superpower, isn't it? Though, don't start with me, isn't it? Though, so uh, we've talked up the, uh, talked up age. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how it mechanically works uh, from the basics, from the ground up. If you know these few core mechanics, you will be ready for just about any age game. Mm-hmm. Uh, ability tests. This is going to be your pretty much everything. Whenever you perform an action in an age game and the situation calls for a test of skill or luck, you roll the dice to determine success or failure. If you need to convince a noble to lend you their soldiers, you make a communication persuasion test. If you need to pry open the boarded door to get into the apartment of the murderer you're investigating, you roll a strength might test. If you and a malevolent AI are battling over for control over a system of precious data, you roll an intelligence computers test. This is the heart of the system, and if you can master this, you'll be ready to jump into any age game. Actually, this is where um, one of the first hurdles as a D20 kind of Pathfinder mm-hmm. D&D player kind mm-hmm. of came up for me. Yeah. This was like one of the main hurdles for me. Um, the skills are... Because I'm used to the character sheet that has search, oh. spot, right. perception. Right. all the skills just listed on there and, and you, you just, put a little checkbox next exactly, to it. Exactly. You just check it off and then <laughs> that's your skill. Now with the age system, you're... There's so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, every stat has, like, ten things minimum, and that's not including, by the way, you have various attacks that can also go in these. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually like this system as well because it lets you be more specific, but yeah. more customized. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there are three basic ways to resolve any test. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is going to be the most common one, which is the basic test. You roll, you roll the dice against the target number. If you meet or beat it, you succeed. Uh, the GM will tell the player what ability uh, and focus applies for the test. Uh, the player rolls 3d6s and adds their ability score. Uh, if they have the focus the GM calls for, they get a plus two on the test. Simple as that. Simple as that. Simple as that. Uh, next, there is opposed tests. Most tests will have a target number the GM has to roll against. But if you and an adversary are at odds with each other, it's more appropriate to have you roll against each other. You may be arm wrestling in a bar, rolling dexterity stealth to sneak past a guard's perception hearing, or debating a political rival. Uh, these tests work just like ability tests, save that the number you are trying to beat is the number that your adversary rolled. Uh, you do have to roll higher than your opponent to win. Uh, if you both tie on the roll, whoever rolled higher on the stunt die is the winner. Uh, if the stunt die is the same number, whoever has the higher ability behind their roll is the winner. If all three of the if all of these tie, the GM can decide where to go from there. Some folks might ask who has the higher focus bonus, or let's see, or if they've got a higher circumstance bonus, or GM just might ask you guys to roll it again because we're see, in too deep. This one always kind of weirds me out a little bit mm-hmm. because I get you know stunt die makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like then it should go down to who has the focus and Mm -hmm. if so who has an advanced focus like i think that that more indicates that time Mm -hmm. and skill spent on this ability rather than just who has the higher natural ability score and if we want to do that for our age game we absolutely could i agree with that but um i think the role should be the first defined of course yeah after you go role result spirit die 
and then we go through yeah, who exactly. has the focus, who and has then we go down the list of things. It just weirds me out that you go straight from stunt die to ability score without thinking about whether or not somebody actually trained mm-hmm. in this. Yes, I think that's the default setting, but. But but again, Aegis is very modular, and mm-hmm. honestly, the order of this is so. Yeah, at this niche. point, yeah. by the <laughs> like, time you get, and we have gotten here, before. we, we have, have. Oh my god, pretty deep sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Aubergine and Eunice had like a might thing. You that and just... your mighty thews. Oh. Yeah, and both of you are re-rolling to take the higher of the two. Oh, uh, side bubble, take mighty thews if you ever plan to do anything with strength might. It is one yeah. of the most fun abilities. They just re-roll you strength need might. Fuse. Just, Mighty just, fuse. Just re-roll any might. Like, <laughs> just and take the better. It's adv- it's fifth ed ad- advantage in a. They've been much. having a good time with it. Yeah. Uh, the third and final kind of test that you would roll is something called an advanced test. When it feels inappropriate to roll a single die to complete a task, or when you need to know how long it takes for a character to complete a task, you could roll something called an advanced test. Um, uh, if you have done chases in, like, Pathfinder, mm-hmm. the idea mechanic behind this is fairly similar. Uh, you may be doing research in a computer database, exploring the wild's divine hidden temple, or mixing components together to craft a new spell. Or outrunning a giant wave of water and having to carry your... Uh, I don't know if we've gotten there yet in the... Uh, <laughs> in the fair eight. enough. Fair Spoilers. Enough. <laughs> yeah, nobody's... I was talking about a hypothetical. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. You don't say. Uh, So, advanced tests have a couple of special rules. Uh, When the GM tells you that an advanced test happens, they give you the appropriate ability uh, ability or abilities and focus or focuses uh, that can be used to advance the test. They can be basic tests, or if someone is working against you on this advanced test, it can be opposed tests. Um, They will also assign what's called a success threshold, which represents how much work is required to complete the task. Uh, This will be used to track progress on the test. Advanced tests have a target no- have target numbers set by the GMs, kind of like regular ability tests, but they may vary depending on what ability and focus you are using to advance the test. Uh, each successful test, whether you beat the target number or beat your opponent, uh, adds the stunt die's result to the success threshold. So if you succeed on the test and you roll a 3 on the stunt die, then you have 3 toward your success threshold of, say, 15. Uh, when you, as you keep rolling, uh, and rolling successful tests adds your stunt dies result to the success threshold. So when you finally hit 15 or higher, then you've succeeded at the advanced test. Oh, I didn't know that this had like a separate name. Honestly, I thought this was <laughs> just a thing we were doing. Well, I honestly thought it was just you trying to put chases in more games again. I mean, I do love chases. Ren chases does are love fun. A good chase. Ren chases loves are a fun. Good chase. This is a good time. Yeah, Insert joke around. about their relationship. Excuse me. Oh. Don't you start with me. No. It was a cute. <laughs> it was a, a cute. cute. <laughs> it wasn't a very long chase. Mm, it wasn't. It was, like, it was more like people like a week. pushing you down a slide. People Pretty threw much. us together and we stuck. Pretty Thank much. You. Uh, now, when while succeeding on tests is fun, blowing them away is a lot more fun. Whenever your character succeeds at a test and rolls doubles, they get stunt points. The number of stunt points you earn is equal to the stunt die result. You can immediately spend these stunt points from the various stunt tables in the game. Depending on the game you're playing, your GM's adjustments to the setting or rules, or your character's powers, your stunt options can vary quite a bit, but there are quite many options to pick from. Stunts are usually collected in tables based on the encounter type they work best in, but you can select any te- any stunt if the GM allows it, or if you can think of a good enough reason for it to work. Well, oh. the GM still kind of has to allow it. Yes. 
if you can convince the GM. Uh, for example, your adventurer is a warrior who is holding the line against an ogre. You roll your weapon and your attack hits. You also note that you rolled two threes on the dice. You look at the stunt die, which landed on a four, so you get four stunt points to spend on the attack. You consult the list and decide that the attack caught the ogre off balance and bit deep where there, are little, there is little armor to protect them. You spend two stun points on Mighty Blow to increase the damage, and two stun points on Pierce Armor to reduce the ogre's armor rating. Your attack hits for excellent damage, and there is less armor to stop your attack. Oh yeah. Easy, mm-hmm. simple, and unique to the age system. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where the narrative kind of flow comes into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways I think this system truly shines. Comes an excellent moment of, well, you got five stun points. How do you want to do this? Lee. With a lot of damage. Mm. Lethal blow is the answer. Lethal blow tends to be the answer. Unless you're a spellcaster and it's just... Or if you're a whatever the heck I am. You're a... You're a Klein. You're a special case. (laughs) Both Uh, of those are accurate. (laughs) What can you do with the age system? The better question is, what, what do you want to do? I thought it was going to be, what can't you do? I was, I was also, so I mean, ready to... That, to that's like, pretty much the same question. Yeah, I was going to color commentate and just be like, at the same time... Oh, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen hacks for Conan-style games. Uh, Titan's Grave is a magic meets science meets post-apocalypse setting. The recent Expanse RPG brings it into full science fiction. Dragon Age is dark fantasy. Blue Rose is romantic fantasy. Uh, now, Ren, what is romantic fantasy? <laughs> Romantic fantasy is fantasy where <laughs> relationships and how the characters feel are just as important as what they do about them. Oh, geez, that's actually the best answer I've heard. I, this, this, <laughs> is a, an, this is a question that's actually come up think that for me before, and I've had uh, no answer for it outside of, it's fantasy with a romantic but with feel. smooching. Well, yes. I also have an art history degree, so I was like, it's like the romantic, it's like a painting of fantasy. To be fair, fantasy but with smooching also super describes Dragon Age. I mean, you are correct. That is not um, wrong. Another good even, answer I, is watch The Princess Bride. That's romantic fantasy. That is true. That's romantic fantasy. Uh, the age system is pretty bare bones itself. We pretty much just told you everything about it. Like, those three tests are the bare bones of the age system. Just about everything after that is usually fairly customized for the game that you're running. Uh, even things like your defense, your health, uh, your attack modifiers, what is an attack modifier, um, any special things you have like relationships or vehicles uh, or fortune, all of that depends on the game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. So those th- those tests are how you make the rest of the game run. Yes. Um, so honestly, you could do just about anything. Um those extra elements work with those basic ability tests to post-test and advanced tests. Uh, if you want to run a game like Sengoku Basara or oh, Dynasty man. Warriors, where the heroes are superhuman and mow down leagues of enemies... Ieyasu! Ieyasu! I would absolutely play a Dynasty Warriors, like, age right? game. Dynasty age. You can use... Things. Age of Dynasties! Ah, dang. Dang uh, it! You can use things like mobs and minions to make enemies easy to take down and easier for the GM to track. So if you want, like, an army of people in front of the PC, you have one stat block. And then the player player just That's goes to town on it. And then their HP pool is just yeah. the remaining... Yeah, it's just the remaining dudes. That could dudes. be fun. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put a pin in this. <laughs> <laughs> we might be working with that a little later. Uh, if you want to make something flashy and emotional, like oh. Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, well, definitely. you got your Kingdom Hearts wow. in there finally. I know you've in. been waiting for Snuck it. Snuck it in like a clunk in the night. 
I would uh, say it wasn't simple and it wasn't clean, but you did put it in there. <laughs> Oof. You can use things like relationships, uh, action points slash conviction to keep the action going. You can use artifacts to create magic items with unique properties to wow your players. You could also, uh, you know, this isn't listed, uh-huh. but you could also add a little bit of like leftover stunts to maybe go towards a uh, limit break of some sort. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of fill oh, yeah. that gauge. Which yeah. I believe... Uh, we're working, has we're working on that. Progress. Ooh. We have a, we have a th- we are You've doing seen that. a little bit of it. We can't talk about it yet. Yes. That's why I was acting like I oh. haven't heard it before and was getting all <laughs> clutching my pearls. <laughs> I see. Uh, if you want, let's see. Modern Age has several game modes that are included in the core system to customize the basic mechanics so that they can match the three game modes: gritty, pulpy, and cinematic. Uh, the stunts, talents, mm. and even basic stats like defense and toughness are all affected by the game mode. Most age, most of age shines when that kind of thought is put into the game. So the more you put, the more you polish, the more you put into your mm-hmm. kind of customization, the better. Yeah, the, the more, whole thing will feel. The more your mm-hmm. game stick, it becomes your game, and more sticks out as your game. Like even because this is taking it well beyond just like GMing something. Mm-hmm. This is building a off of you're, you're basically tiddlywinksing a yeah. um, tabletop. Totally. Tiddlywinks the tabletop. Age yeah, is I was very about to say that. like. I, I, of my metaphors today, that's probably the... <laughs> that's a pretty good I just, one. It's the most alliterative one, for sure. I like it the most. Yeah, Tiddlywinks the tabletop. It, 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 yeah, there's like a nice like mouthfeel to that. Yeah. It's like even hashtag it, tiddlywinks the tabletop. I don't know if we should make that hashtag. It's actually. too late now. Well, it's kind oh, of, here we I are. want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. Uh, if you want vehicles, we got vehicles. If you want magic into your corporate espionage game, Modern Age has ways to put magic in there. If you want fights in space, the Modern Age companion has zero space gravity fight. stunts. Uh, the possibilities, especially with the releases of both the Fantasy Age and Modern Age companions, is truly impressive. So get creative. That's amazing. Yeah. On to pro tips. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about pro tips. That's probably uh, as much as I can say in this section. <laughs> uh, we here at the Ages like to think we are pretty good at talking about age games. We've played a few, and we hope to play a few more as time goes on. It's a skill. On. It's a special interest. You know, we're pretty good for this. We feel like we've specialized now that we've hit level four. <laughs> uh, Some of uh, us have hit level 20 in an age game. I don't know about you. <laughs> Uh, with our experience, we thought we would share a couple of good rules of thumb when playing or preparing an age game. This is to get uh, new folks into it, or maybe some good pointers that maybe some experienced folks would appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you guys think of anything, feel free to chime in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, your first one, which is something that I stumble upon all the time when running one-shots, is you do not need the focus the GM calls for unless they tell you. Oh, Yes. I come across this a lot uh, when we. So, if the GM calls for a Constitution stamina test to resist a lightning spell cast against your character, you don't need to have the focus to resist the lightning. That said, it really helps. It definitely helps, um, unless the GM specifically mentions that a focus is required. You will not see uh, you. Then you will not need the focus to attempt it. Just having the focus gives you a plus two on the roll. Mm-hmm. Usually, that will be for things like uh, lore. Mm-hmm. Specialized knowledge. Specialized knowledge, or uh, things like making traps or lock picking. Mm-hmm. Things you kind of have to you have to be trained in. Honestly, if I can throw in like a quick <clears throat> bubble bullet, sure, like kind of one of those like pop up bubble, a bubble bullet, like a the one of those little like pop up things. I see you're a... trying to talk about the age system. I was talking about Would like you... the MTV like <laughs> pop up like oh this is a fun I like fact. I like but that. I'm Jeez. but you know that was back when when does that date us? I too late. Like it dates you. <laughs> 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 Ooh. But well, you going Clippy definitely dated us. Oh, oh yeah, like oh, you're you, right. 
God, that's like 2000. New Windows 95. Yes. That was 2000 late. Yikes. But, um, oh, thanks, Fergie. What were you going to say? I was going to say, um, and this is just from coming from a arcane user in mm. the Fantasy Age game, and this is very specific, take Knowledge Arcana as soon as you can. It <laughs> yeah. is the use magic device of this system. Assuming that your game includes Intelligence Arcana and but, uh, arcane lore. And if, if it does, do... <laughs> Because you're going to find items, and boy, are you not going to know what they are. They are a, they like, are a mystery. They are a, bot- they are a bottle of black salt that feels funny. Like, that's that's your uh, whole... That's the whole it. feel. To use it, to identify it, to even get any yes. basic knowledge on it, you're going to want this skill. And your mileage may vary depending on the setting, but chances are, if you're in a high fantasy setting, this is the thing you want to know if you are a magic person. And I'm, I'm highly the person who's against the concept of right choices in a customizable game, mm-hmm. but I this, hi- this, this is, is a pretty darn right choice in most situations involving any arcana. Yeah. Maybe not in the modern age kind of setting, but mm-hmm. definitely in fantasy. It's important. Unless you're doing some urban fantasy. But you could do that in both games. Yes. Hmm. Uh, oh, this next the one? The next one is... I'm so bad about this one, This y'all. one is something that I want, to, I want to shout at my players all the time, but I don't do it because it's mean. But I do want to like have a sign that says, don't pick up the dice. <laughs> don't shout at your wife, neither. No, I won't. I don't do it because it's mean. It would I be just mean. Said. That's it. I am really bad about picking up my dice. Uh, a little sign wouldn't A hurt. little sign never hurts. Yes. Uh, just something to tap yes. passive-aggressively. <laughs> Your dice rolls contain a lot of information when you roll them, and the GM and other players even might need that information. Uh, it's, it is a fairly natural instinct to pick up the dice after roll to put them back where they aren't taking up space, or to just bring them closer and keep them safe, or... Get them back into your magic zone, so you may put in, so you put your good magic on them. Um, I gotta keep my math rocks safe. Um, <laughs> however, the GM may ask questions about your die roll a minute or two after it has been rolled. Hopefully, not a full minute. Sometimes you have to consult a rule book. Yeah, it could be so a while. That, I mean, that's probably on the long, the, uh, on the long side of it. But uh, if you've already picked up the dice, when the GM asks, like, what the stunt die result was. You and the GM will have to resolve that somehow. And that is the usual issue, is mm-hmm. if you you'll can't roll remember. it and you'll scoop it up and the GM will be like, okay, so what was your stunt die? And you'll be like, ah, beans. Uh, uh-oh. I, I think it had a squiggle. It might have been a seven. <laughs> I'm going to believe it was a seven. Some GMs, I'm going to say it's a seven. Your table variation, table expect table variation on this, but some GMs may demand that you re-roll the dice entirely if you don't remember the roll. Some GMs may uh, may default to a specific result, like a two or a three if they don't know the number, and other GMs might have other solutions, or they might just choose to like trust the player's memory. Although the simple solution is to just leave your dice yes. out for a second. Just don't pick up the Just dice. don't pick them up till Avoid the end of your the turn. I, I can definitely see that being... A, and kind of rolling in a general space would be mm-hmm. good. And that can I, be also an issue when you get stun points and you're rolling again like on a lightning attack or something. Because if the GM's not with you in that moment, by the time you're rolling your lightning attack, they're like, oh, what was the number in your stun die? But then usually you can remember because it's like, well, I just spent four or three or whatever to mm-hmm. do this, so... But uh, then there's also the uh, mighty. Th- going back to the mighty thews, again, bubble up. Take mighty thews if you ever use any kind of might feat. Get you some thews. But um, never refuse the thews. But, oh um, boy. Uh, one of the things is you get to roll twice, and once you pick up that first roll and you roll the second one, 
I can't tell you how many times I've taken the second roll simply because I couldn't remember <laughs> what the first roll was and I didn't want to admit mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> That's fair. Guess you could, you uh, can't excuse refusing the thews. Damn Ooh, it, man. this is the quickest way to make a strength player lose. I need some booze. This is a terrible thing in your views. Oh, I need geez. lots of booze. <laughs> so what's the next one, Ren? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, you can only gain stun points on successful rolls. This is oh, an important a one to remember because a, a lot of folks forget forget it. And you know, I understand you rolled d- doubles, you got stun points, you're excited, but then the GM tells you, I'm sorry, you failed. I can't tell you how many GM makes you target number like something ridiculous, like 20, <laughs> and you did really well, but you dil- still didn't technically get it. And the GM's but you missed like, it by one. I honestly can't say how many times I've gotten a six and two ones. No, like like that became the absolute worst. It 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 hurts. It's like stunt die six and two ones. It's like, well, this is a whole lot of potential, (laughs) just wasted, ready to go, and all dressed up and nowhere to go. So it can be a bit deflating, if especially if like the players roll is like rolling ahead because the table has you folks roll ahead. They roll stunt points. They like spend six stunts. They've got everything. They've got a description ready, only to hear that their test failed. So all that work was for nothing. So just you know, make sure that you have succeeded and answer the GM's questions about the rolls before you go spending stunt points, just to spare everyone's feelings. Uh, and this one actually uh, applies to the previous one. Have more than one set of dice ready to go is a good idea. That is smart. I don't know why I haven't done that yet. That actually seems... I, I lit- We literally have bags of dice. <laughs> we have bags of so dice. So many dice. You really only need three D6s to make the game function, but it can be f- helpful to have multiple sets of three. Uh, I know I don't need to necessarily encourage too many dice hoarders. I mean, I gave Wink. Leona flack earlier, but I am just as bad. <laughs> I, I, after this past Gen Con, my, my green running box is quite full. Oh, Lord, he bought more. I bought more Blue Rose dice. They're very pretty. Um, at, especially at later levels, or even, even at early levels, you may find yourself rolling multiple attacks at once, or getting discounts on stunts that call for additional rolls, or you're rolling twice and taking the better, or maybe you realize that you failed a test that you get to re-roll if you failed it. So, or you're thusing up a storm. Exactly. So, having multiple sets can help you prep for things like damage rolls, a primary rolling set uh, for normal attacks, uh, for, for things that you expect to be doing. So, just, you know... Having them ready to go will can can save you some grief. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially another... because if you've only got three and you rolled the attack roll and you're already rolling the damage roll, yeah, goes back to our first point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there, this one, this next one is one that I can speak to very much so as a you know female <laughs> identified person who plays games. Have a GM that you trust. Yeah, that... I don't know. There are very few people that I would be willing to have as a GM for this game. And, you know, obviously Red is one of them. Oh. But Thank you. part of this is because age gives a lot of power to the GM. Now, this can be really good when you have a good GM because then the game doesn't get too bogged down with rules and <clears throat> the GM can help keep the narrative flowing and the GM can deal with corner cases but if you have a GM who enjoys the power trip a bit too much, or you have a GM who is in some way uncomfortable or threatened by people who are different at the table... They might take advantage of the agency a little bit. Yes. I hope. I know that wasn't an intentional pun while talking about something this serious. Mm. 
It's, but a, it's a very important point. It's a very important point. I'm making a very apologetic face because I realized that was a pun <laughs> He's after making I, a very sad I, face. I'm very sorry. That was not... Int- I'm going to okay. go back to my corner. It's all but good. <laughs> it is very true Yeah, that uh, age gives a lot of power to the GMs. Players have got specific tools that they use, but the GMs have the tools that they make for themselves. Yeah. In other games, it is like in 3.5 or Pathfinder, it is possible to build in such a way that you can prevent some of these sort of attacks from GMs and other players. And <coughs> though I'm sure there are more than a few of you listening who know that they happen. And age one of the few things i can say is a flaw about age is that it does not give you those sort of protections so you need to choose your gm well make sure mm-hmm. that you have someone that you can trust to be fair and to also just match your play style because if you're going to have if you're going to be you know across you know if you don't play the same way it's not going to end up very well true story if i can actually piggyback off of this bullet point um bubble it <laughs> This is less of a bubble. This is actually I, oh, this is straight bullet. This is Joe actually going to add in a, <laughs> at a, at a probe tip point. Mm-hmm. Um, that same have a GM you can trust. Have players you can trust because oh, yes. this Gosh. is this goes for a lot of tabletops. Um, the, I I definitely come from a uh, you know I'm very reserved. I don't I'm kind of shy around people, but when I'm around. Us. friends and people i've been around and working with for a long time you know you actually get a lot better plays out of that mm-hmm. um so if you're starting out if you're a newer player definitely play with people you personally trust i know this kind of seems like one of those like well no duh kind of like no duh that's absolutely a thing but it's it's very true mm-hmm. um you're gonna get the because you have to work together like even when the gm is throwing i don't know a giant uh Tarrasque with a template on top of it. There were many templates on that Tarrasque. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, just kind of throws it at you. <laughs> they still want you to succeed. They want oh, you boy. to com- continue the story. And, you know, you have to trust. Everyone has to trust each other at the table. And mm. that's the best way that you're going to be able to enjoy this game because that's the best way to get a story that you're yeah. trying to tell together. Yeah, I imagine there are some people who enjoy doing that sort of like pissing contest of you know who can make the biggest most awesome character who does the most damage and everybody else gets left by the wayside like i'm sure that there are people who really like they like doing that sort of building mechanically to the point of seeing who's oh, yeah. best making like, competitive and that's fine if that's what you like like go for obviously that. that's and not what we do but down for it if then... everybody's here for that then more power to you enjoy it but but no and, and that and that actually kind of goes along with know the other players because kind of know that you're all going for the same thing it i think the best work we've gotten out of our group has literally just been because we all kind of want the same thing with our characters and the story and with Mm -hmm. ren's world we all want to see what's going down we all want to see this story we're not trying to yeah we have out talk out fight or out anything each other we kind of jive no one's here to win yeah Mm -hmm. how do you i never understood the concept of how do you win that's 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 not fantasy age. That's literally every yeah. tabletop that I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why do you want to win? This then it's over. The yeah, story's over. Yeah, exactly. But that's us, and that's why our games work so well is because we are all fairly like-minded individuals who trust each other and have similar playstyles. So find that for yourself. You're worth have it. Have a have a good session zero. Session zeros should be mandatory for any campaign. Have everyone sit down. 
talk about the expectations of the campaign, what the story is going to be like, what kind of themes it's going to touch on, what kind of characters everyone wants to make, Any, and how they know each other. And whatever is not touchable. What are some things yes. that make people uncomfortable? 100%. Horses. <laughs> Don't have my phobia. Only I can. That wasn't quite what I was talking about, but that's fine too. I wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. I appreciate it's, that's, that. It's my system. It's my defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I think would be super helpful, <laughs> and something that I do when I'm making mm. uh, like pre gen yes. characters, is picking some favored stunts ahead of time. Uh, one of the biggest stumbling blocks for players of this game is stunt selection. When you roll those doubles and you got five stunt points and you've got these like three handouts that are covered in stunts to run, I see a lot of people go, let's see, glaze over just like, what do I do? Because you want to make a good choice. You want to make a good stunt and sometimes they'll pull other players and they'll ask what other folks think and uh, or they'll just kind of quietly flip through all the stunts and everyone will just kind of wait for them. I definitely have seen and been this exact person i i've done see, it too the, these pro tips i'm actually kind of taking mental notes on these are, <laughs> these are useful <laughs> uh, as a gm this can also happen rather quick this can also happen a lot especially when you've got like five characters that you need to run at once uh it can be super useful especially for me yes. to have um like three four five stunts that that character has as a go-to Ugh. yeah it's real easy to get sort of overwhelmed by choices and like go th- sort of indecision you know, decision paralysis. I almost said go thern because apparently I've been reading Watership Down too much. Analysis paralysis. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think of the word and I and you got paralysis. I'm like, oh, I know. Damn. Subordinates. Wait, what was that word? Oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh no, oh no. So do yourself and the GM a analysis. favor. Analysis. Uh, are you okay? Supplicant. Which word? Which it of the surrogate. one that was, was surrogate. You went with surrogate. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Why uh, can't I remember that word? Like, it's that word. Do yourself a favor and your GM a favor and look ahead at the stunts uh, stunts ahead of time if you can, if you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GMs, GMs, I would definitely recommend buying those GM kits so that you can get a handout. Handouts are amazing. They help everybody. Everything mm-hmm. goes fast. Um, you can also look... Uh, I also would highly recommend, because it sounds like a lot of fun, making your own stunt packages. And I think Modern Age suggests this too. Mm-hmm. where you if you roll a lot of stunt points then you've got like if i get five stunt points i want to do this one and then you can give them cool names yeah because that's fun prism stars uh, now we've referenced another jrpg I you like guys are nerds <laughs> excuse me <laughs> um an important thing to You're remember just as bad. for everybody at the table uh, players and GMs is that players and GMs have different <laughs> tools. We kind of touched on this already, but mm-hmm. um, this is something that it's more generally pointed at the GMs than the players. Is um, PCs have rules for how they level up and gain new abilities, and the GM is not necessarily bound by that progression. And this is part of what makes choosing a GM you can trust so important. Yes, the GM, but by the rule, by the 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 words in the books. Your adversaries have the abilities that you think are appropriate. Mm-hmm. There's no necessarily like hard and fast, like at this level of power, they should have this, this, and this. Uh, at this level of power, the PC should have these kinds of pieces of gear, so they should have these things that'll make it a bit more difficult for them. Age doesn't really do that. Uh, age most, it mostly just kind of asks, like, what kind of game do you want to run? 
if you want to run a crunchy game, you can stat up lots of pieces of equipment and lots of monsters, and you can do that. If you want to keep it pretty freeform, you can just go and do whatever. Um, PCs have specific rules in the couple of early chapters. GMs don't. There are mm. suggestions for the, some of those, how to adjudicate some of those rules in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the basic rule books and the companions and uh, the Fantasy Age campaign builders guide that just came out. But GMs don't need you don't need to feel like if you're making a a, a villain you don't have to make the like go through the normal PC progression for power levels to make the like to make a monster or to make an enemy or to make mm-hmm. an adversary of some kind you don't need to if you want if you feel like it is appropriate then you can give it to them that doesn't necessarily give you a lot of guidelines so some people might feel like they're a little dead in the water because they don't even know where to start yeah the companions do have a bit of uh guidelines for what makes a good idea um what level ranges have what level like how much health um mostly you can you can eyeball it and age is also super easy to adjust in middle of the game like if the fight's taking too long i guess the guy had less health isn't that weird and because nobody has access to a bestiary with your custom monster in it then no one can be like now, wait a second. I thought this thing had 58 hit points. It's oh, 397. It says that he has 534 hit points, but we only did 482 hit points worth of damage. Like, you're joking. I, I, I mean, you're making the jokey voice. <laughs> but I've literally played with that player. <laughs> I've, hmm. I've, I've seen that player. Boy, do they know that that thing had fire, like, weakness at some point. I mean, and... As someone who has had to sort of protect themselves from less than savory GMs with rules, I have had to be that player in the past where someone would be like, yeah, your character got hit and you took this much damage. It's like, I'm pretty sure you have to roll to hit me. Like. (laughs) Jeez. Wow. They really went that far, huh? You were there. Uh, Was this the guy who tried to get you to? There are multiples. Yeah. Which one are you talking about? I was about? thinking about the guy so who gross. tried to get you to put on the uh, necklace of strength. That is, yeah, that guy. Oh, nice! I got it right. That that sounded. It's correct. so that's, sad that we have a, a rolodex of. That's a. That's a, a oh nice. The, the, the oh nice doesn't really follow uh, necklace of strangulation. This is by far not the worst story we have. I, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I have. I don't have context for the for mm-hmm. that one, but it all just sounds awful. Yeah. So it was. It was not great. I mean. Sometimes it is understandable, especially if you have players who, like me, have had these sorts of experiences. Mm-hmm. You may sometimes see them doing or saying things like this because it's their instinct that they got to kind of protect themselves at the table. But uh, <coughs> be patient with us, and we'll try to trust you, and mm-hmm. it'll work out. Um, you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, just the final, just one more little bullet note. Mm-hmm. kind of a cliche, but this is a game. Don't take it seriously. Yeah. And have fun. 100%. You, and don't be a jerk. Uh, yeah. You, these are rules you'd think would be kindergarten level, but... You would think. You'd think. But I'm uh, just going to throw it down. Everyone that I've met in, like, as regards the age system, everyone that I've met and talked to has been just outstandingly cool. So I have great faith that this community is going to be able to make awesome games and... When you do, make sure you tell us all about them because we want to know. Please do. And then hopefully you can tune in and listen to our zany adventures as we create them. Yes. You might say that this is a new age for gaming. Welcome you didn't to try the hard new enough. Age. Well, no, no, it's true though. Like 
horribly forced upon us. Yeah, the, I mean, we're we're definitely running into a, a nice renaissance of gamers being a little more positive. Yeah, no, your Thank your goodness. intent was correct. Your pun was a failing grade. <laughs> well, intent was <clears throat> nine tenths of the roll. Nine tenths of no, the you, you, fuck. Womp, fruit womp. it, fruit it. I, I, it's okay. I keep it. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. If you support us at only $3 per month, you get your vote on the Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for the show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your age games are going. Uh, feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us out. I think this is an excellent way to start. Yeah. I feel very optimistic about how this discussion series is going to go. Yes, I am excited. And that's not even on the notes. Like, you just ad-libbed that line. Yeah, like that. that is my <laughs> part. It's solid. Which is not very common. I usually stick to the notes pretty faithfully, <laughs> just because ad-libbing's hard sometimes, and I get nervous. It's hard. It's very hard. <laughs> Let's not descend into chicken nugget references. No, we're not going to be the Vine Babies today. We can save that for the actual play. Yes. Uh, this is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. No, I did it! <laughs> I did the thing! Lots of sixes on that stunt die. This is why I went for a uh, system-neutral <laughs> outro. You did. This is Jessica, wishing you good heels and happy feels. And this is Joe, and I'm still playing the long con. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series. Catch you next time. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. As we close our show, we want to give a big shout out to the folks at Sirenscape for the sound effects and music that you heard on the show. The Sirenscape app creates these gorgeous sound sets in real time, and you never get the same sounds twice. Download it now, and you get 10 free sound sets without paying a silver or even creating a login. Check out Sirenscape, friends, because your epic games need epic sound. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for the show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. We encourage you to leave a comment or a question or even tell us how your age games are going. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series.